Welcome to Research and Relevance, a podcast of the University of Virginia Darden School of Business, where we talk about new research, teaching, and ideas. I'm Erica Herz from the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, and today we're in the studio with Darden Operations Professor Raul Chow, who teaches Operations Management, Innovation, and New Product Development courses. Also here is Batten Fellow and Georgia Tech Professor Rahul Basole, who teaches at Georgia Tech's School of Interactive Computing and is also director of the Tenenbaum Institute. We'll be discussing their new research collaboration in the overlapping areas of entrepreneurship, strategy, and management. Raul and Rahul, thank you for coming in to talk about your work today. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here. Thank you. Raul, here at Darden, you're an operations professor, and you've started moving more and more in the direction of innovation research. What what caught your interest and, and brought you to that direction in research? That's a good question. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is that you realize how important innovation is for the economy, first and foremost. Uh, everything we do, the growth of the economy, uh, the future, the productivity of the economy, and people in it depends so much on innovation. Um, at the individual level, though, one thing that really caught my eye is that entrepreneurship and innovation are very, um, very human activities that, that help the soul of the individual. Uh, people love to change. People love to innovate. People love to create new things, certainly new companies. So there's a very human element, a very moral element to innovation and entrepreneurship uh, in my class. So I've shifted a lot to teaching uh, the processes and the systems that are involved in innovation. And that's the really my, my background in operations led me to that point. And uh, the classes I teach are very focused on that. Um, and in teaching those classes, working with students and working with companies, I, I keep, I'm, I'm so impressed and keep finding how, um, how difficult, how complex innovation is. Every time you think you have something answered, you can dig deeper and find more complex and more, um, more interesting ways that you never thought innovation happened. You see that in, in whether it's demand for innovation or the sources of innovation, um, things like funding innovation, crowdfunding, uh, and, and many more examples that come up to show just how complex this problem is and how much study needs to be done to understand it, to help, help the world, help managers, and help companies do it better. So that sparked your own research in that direction, yeah, seeing the gaps that the, exist. Those gaps and what starts is just you know a tip of an iceberg I would say f- almost 10 or 15 years ago with uh, my PhD studies and a lot of the work I used to do has just continued. There's no end to it. Um, it's an agenda that's had a 15-year run, and, and there's new and more interesting questions for the next 10 years. So that's been a lot of fun. And then how did you and Rahul connect and see a combined interest in a research agenda focused around innovation and computer science and management? Sure. So I, I, I've been working in, in the field of uh, enterprise transformation for a number of years as part of my role with the Tenenbaum Institute. And what we notice is that uh, many organizations really have a uh, have some complex challenges that they face when undergoing change. Innovation is certainly one form of change that they that they experience. Uh, but they also are swimming in, in, in just a wealth of data now. Uh, we are generating data at unprecedented levels from uh, what our cons- customers do, consumers uh, actually perceive of our products, what our suppliers do, and we, we're operating in a very complex global environment. And so where we uh, connected was that with Raul's expertise in innovation and new product development and my focus on analytics and visualization of complex systems, we realized that there is a natural overlap, that organizations are moving into into more data-driven 
decision-making and, and evidence-based decision-making to formulate how to uh, navigate this complex landscape and how to formulate novel strategies. And I know, and and uh, and the process of innovation is so complex that the data is not—it's not clear where the data is to answer these questions. So you can you can think theoretically about innovation and entrepreneurship, but really, it's such a an applied practical thing that you need data to back it up. You need data to understand it better, but the data is not tidy and clean in an accounting well, not at report. All. <laughs> not at all, actually. And in that fact, that makes it so exciting. So you find it in, in very structured databases that obviously are, are being sold to companies, but also in unstructured databases, right. whether that's product announcements, press releases, exactly. patent data. And that's what makes it very exciting. In fact, new forms of data are emerging as well, whether that's images and videos. And so that's where our research is really tying in together. Maybe speak a little bit about how um, some of the best practices are emerging in dealing with unstructured data and structured data, just for the person who might not know so much about that. Sure. So um, certainly uh, we're generating data at at really a a rapid pace. Uh, And the models and tools that we've had in the past were generally provided by software providers. And, and we, we generally adopted those software pieces. We s- sometimes outsourced um, intelligence services to companies that would focus on, on innovation intelligence, really. But what has happened now is that not only do we have scale and breadth of data just exploding at, at really levels that we haven't seen before, but the ability to digest this in a very human manner for the decision makers is very challenging. Uh, in the past, we assumed that the black box of models is okay, but what we want now is the human intervention. How do we probe the data a little differently? Uh, and so what has happened now is that we have a more human-centered approach to analytics. That's where visualization is really powerful, where we can probe and challenge assumptions that are in, in the data. And we're trying to see, is, is there something that we can do with this data that could guide our decision-making? And what I found, one, uh, and what I found interesting about that is that... Um, it's such a real-time process now with the computing power and the algorithms and the uh, and the work that you've done at Georgia Tech. You don't have to wait 10 years for a data set to be um, organized and curated so that by the time you understand where everything is, it's maybe not relevant anymore. Innovation changes so much in the way it works and the suppliers and providers of innovation that uh, a lot of the things that Rahul has done at Georgia Tech are in real time. So they're feeding real-time press releases into a... Uh, a data um, structure, which is then analyzed on the fly to provide um, sense to managers, to employees, Absolutely. to entrepreneurs. So that's very cool. Yeah, well, I think what, one neat thing is that we, we talk about real-time intelligence, and I think there's also this right-time intelligence. How do you support decision-making when it's needed? Um, and, and certainly operational decisions are real-time. What's, what's great about the new forms of analytics and visualization, they're good for discovery, they're great for exploration, it's amazing for sense-making, but actually for communication as well. So how do you actually uh, present your results to, to your stakeholders is very critical, uh, and I think that's really where the new forms of analytics are, are just fascinating. Well, you could say like a simple subway map is a form of data visualization that you know a kid can understand. Talk a little bit more about the the more complex forms that you've shown us um, that, and you've also said for business leaders, they found it incredibly helpful. What's in there that's so helpful for them more specifically? Yeah, great. So, uh, Submay Webs are, are are just a fantastic example of what a good visualization is. It's abstract data 
but it's consumable for for uh, individuals that want to navigate, go from A to B. And and visualizations are actually not that different in the decision making context. They are about how do you navigate a complex landscape to get from A to B. And the tools that we have to develop is with the decision maker in mind. Uh, what is their visual literacy level? How do they perceive data? How do we encode it in a way that's comprehensible? And sometimes complex is not necessarily good, but we realize that we need to add more layers to visualizations. Um, and so the tools we've developed, uh, ranging from um, the startup genome project that we're working on to the ecosystem intelligence tool, where we can look at really large-scale unstructured data, what we found with the decision makers is that they find nuggets uh, of novel information in that. They confirm things that they already know, and sometimes they get this aha moment. It's like, oh, I did not know that my competitor was doing this or that I should really be thinking about something that's happening at other parts in the world. And, and visualization reveals that, and the analytical models behind that allow to drive that engine a little further. Because when it comes right down to it, we're all very visual people. I think so. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it's part of our culture. You know, I see what you're saying, uh, <laughs> and, and, and a, uh, uh, a picture sp- says a thousand words. In fact, a visualization is probably a thousand tables, where it's lots of data that's being consumed. You uh, made a note about the Startup Genome Project. Talk a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, that's a, great, that's a great example of how innovation processes and innovation systems can match with uh, complex uh, computational data and visualization, like Rahul was saying. So the startup genome basically begins from asking the question, what, what defines a startup and what makes that startup successful? And this is not a new question per se. It's been asked many times. Right. But the data that's been brought to bear on that, the insights that, that's been brought to bear on it are, are very limited, frankly. It's a lot of case studies. So people can, sure, talk about Uber and how Uber is so successful. Well, that's a case study of one company in a very special place in a special time with special people. Or we could talk about a region like where yes, Stanford yeah, is region, and how... The ecosystem of Silicon Valley. Which is very unique compared exactly. to, say, so, Boulder or Charlottesville. So this is the normal way that innovation has been studied at best. Uh, it's either been a very theoretical statement or a case study type of approach, like the big stories we know about innovation, and everybody knows them, whether it's Microsoft or Steve Jobs or Uber or San Francisco ecosystem etc. What we're doing in the startup genome is using um, terabytes of data that come from uh, startup descriptions. They describe themselves on the web. Uh, they're, they're, on, they're posting things on, on, on boards or sites that are relevant for employees, for stakeholders, for investors, for potential, um, for potential partners. So the data is all over the place. And what we're trying to do is identify the core activities that startups engage in. For example, uh, of course, startups gauge, engage in um, in financing. They do need to be financed at some point. <laughs> That's an activity they engage in. They engage in recruitment of leadership and building of a team. They engage in market understanding. They engage in technology development or product development. So we're trying to get to the core genes. What are the actual elements that make up the activities of a startup? I think what's more interesting, though, is the sequence. That's exactly right. And so uh, the challenge is, is in this unstructured data to identify the entities and, and the descriptions that map to that uh, to those building blocks, technology, financing, IP, etc. And then if we have that temporally, if we understand how this evolves over time, 
Now we want to understand, okay, what are sequences that are of interest? What are very common sequences that startups pursue? And whether there's some common ones and some different uh, sequences, and whether that defines something in terms of outcomes, performance, whether that's um, successful funding, whether that's uh, an acquisition, uh, whether that is an exit that they desire. And there could be also bad things. So bad sequence activities uh, might lead to some really bad outcomes. Uh, and the tools that exist in, in computer science are really lent themselves to that. So in biology, we do this for genome sequencing already. Uh, in the organizational setting, we really haven't done that. Uh, but this is the fascinating thing. How do we bring these algorithmic approaches and these visualization tools to determine what sequences are really of, of interest? And then what are the biggest challenges in that? I mean, you've, you've been here to, at Darden, Rahul, for a couple days with the team talking about going forward. What do you see is the vision, but also some of the challenges that you might encounter? Well, on one, on, one part of that is, is the very definition of what is a building block of a startup. So there's plenty of work in biology or, or chemistry to tell us that's what we call that molecule, and that's where it sits, um, Whatever, whatever it is, but in startups, in, in any social science really, but in startups in particular, it's so messy. What what do you call those? Where do you draw the lines? What is an activity versus just uh, just a core thing that startups uh, are defined by? It's not clear. So there's a little bit of difficulty and complexity in defining those activities, and and I would say more so in where that data is. Well, I think I think it's, it's it goes hand in hand. I think certainly defining what the elements are that define a startup. Uh, but then mapping that to statements in text itself is, is quite challenging. So how do we know that a statement uh, related to financing or patent is something related to uh, IP? It might be related to something else. might be related to competition. And so extracting entities, matching entities, uh, sometimes companies in different uh, sets of data are actually identified differently. And so the matching of entities and companies is quite challenging. Um, and so there's certainly a big piece on the data curation and organization side, um, identification, organization that we have to tackle. But at the same time, there's this notion, what are some of the interesting questions we want to answer? And what analytics should we really bring to the table? Um, and the nice thing about it is that I think we have a laundry list of techniques available to us but people have not explored this really in depth yet. And so we're really at a frontier, uh, at the cutting edge, really, of innovation, science, and research with this project of seeing how we can really bring insight to uh, startups and innovation. And what other skills and capabilities are you bringing to the table? There are a couple other folks involved, right? Yeah, we have, um, at this point, we have five or six people, including uh, PhD students, postdoctoral scholars, and other faculty at uh, various universities involved in this effort and um, the skills are boy they range they range from uh, uh, engineers working on simulation and complex systems to uh, economists that are knowledgeable about um, econometrics and, and really advanced statistical techniques to parse out some of this information um, to to operations research uh, theorists that are experts in building theoretical models that then we can test and work with them to test very, very That's clearly. right. And I think that, you know, you, you, you sort of pressed on sort of the, 
social science, organizational science. On the computer science side, we have folks that you know think about machine learning, uh, maybe even deep learning, visualization, and visual analytics uh, skills are very important. But I think domain experts are really critical here as well. Uh, I, you know, we foresee that executives will be involved in this project because they may see something within their own organizations that they might see differently than we have seen in the data. And so bringing in decision makers into the project is, I think, of incredible value. And you could bring in decision makers who were, say, large company corporate innovation experts in addition to the startup entrepreneur type person, right? They would all have Absolutely. something to say yeah. about Absolutely. this. I, I think innovation is uh, industry and size agnostic. I think whether you're a small startup to a very large enterprise, you have to think about how to keep uh, abreast with all the changes that are happening and innovation happens there. So we do see that to be of incredible uh, importance to bring in decision makers from different industries and organizations. So in a perfect world, if you could you know, project forward five years and, and an entrepreneur is reading about the work that you have just completed, what could change? What could help them navigate better? So I think you know, uh, one wonderful thing long term would be if, if the tools that we develop are actually actionable, that they are not just uh, wonderful research tools, but also actionable insight tools, that they can use this for making decisions on where to invest, how to diversify, uh, who to work with. And if we can do that, that would be a, a fantastic goal. It's a, it's a tool that we take for granted that yeah, basically what decisions we need to make next. Um, and so it is really in the realm of decision support system, but more at a strategic and operational level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, – and in addition to that, um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to – work closely with, um, like you mentioned, larger companies, right? It's not just the entrepreneurs, but large companies that need to make sense of this data and understand where to go with it. So, Yeah, exactly. And I, I've mentioned this in the past before. I think one of the biggest challenges is bringing these tools to the C-suite yeah. because we don't really know how they'll be used in the future. We realize more p- companies are moving towards data-driven decision-making, but these tools are really at a, at a very much at an infancy level. And so uh, we hope that with the research that we're doing and with the collaboration we'll have with industry, we can bring this to a much broader market. Well, we look forward to hearing more. Thanks to both of you for joining us today in the studio. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us.